We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, CJ Cup picks, DraftKings picks, preview. We got it all here for you. We'll discuss the odds towards the end. If you want to hit the time codes and just jump around, I mean, be like House of Pain. You can do whatever you want. If you want to get into a draw for 20 DK bucks, something I suggest you do, smash the like button for the episode, leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section, and tell me who would be the final player, the cheapest player on your team this week that you would feel comfortable with because this is a no-cut event obviously you're going to go down but there's a whole bunch of players at the bottom who you either don't want or probably have never heard of because that's just what the cj cup in korea brings to the forefront the other way to get into the draw for 20 dk bucks the easiest way to win this one by the way because you're competing against so few people leave an audio podcast review first of all subscribe to the show there's always bonus content up on there whether it be football or golf so you can check that out subscribe to the pat mayo experience audio podcast leave a five-star review something nice about the show and DraftKings handle and you too will be in a draw for 20 dk dollars winners announced every monday on the pat mayo experience and i always let you know about fantasynational.com and how you need to become a member if you're actually serious and how the swing season is really the best time to do it because there are still huge prize pools and so few people playing the fantasy national is a huge leg up so it was actually a really good week not just for myself and not just for members of fantasy national viewers of the show cashed in in big ways at the Houston Open. So let's see here. We have a uh, SLA um actually had a had a nice uh, Lonto game here, won a thousand bucks on DraftKings. Uh and then Mike Buckley, uh he turned twelve dollars on a four-leg parlay into fourteen hundred, a seven hundred and fifty to one parlay, hit it for the two dollar for fourteen hundred, but the big ones here. Uh Jeremy, shout out Jeremy, won the forty-four dollar with two entries in the forty-four dollar, good for twenty K. Also won 5k in the $8. So a nice quick $25,000 winnings to him over the weekend in 
in fantasy golf. And then Steve Krakauer, single entry in the $44 Ben Raza. He won $50,000. That'll, that'll work. That's uh, the single bullet takedown is a rare, rare accomplishment. So you should be proud of that. Well, I was I was going for it in the $44. I only had one entry in the $44 and 20 in the $8. I had a really good week. I just didn't have the right combination of the 6 and 6. That's why viewers of the show did so well. They would have had Lonto, Zing Zang Zoom, Hubba Hubbard. They would have had Scott Harrington. That was one of Rick's picks last week. So everyone was kind of up there. I just didn't have a 6 and 6 with Lonto was the problem. My 6 and 6s all had Hubbard in them. They had Harrington in them. They had Zing Zang Zoom in them. So if Lonto had just shot like 80 on Sunday, I really would have been in the money like very yeah, high i would i would have preferred that too and it's been it's been a crazy little stretch with chalk plays really performing um you know the guy everyone liked them and boom just breaks through for that first win so that's awesome to see people doing things and you're absolutely right swing season limited data as we're going to talk about in a second <laughs> uh, you got to find edges where you can yeah and fantasynational.com is always the best for that you can get your annual your monthly your weekly just go test it out I, i'm i mean there's no such thing as like guaranteed winning but i guarantee that you'll have the proper information to make smart picks going into the week because all the data all the tools are there and in the simulator last week it was a bad week for the simulator overall for, in terms of consistency but boy did it love lonto and that's what they, I mean, like I said, he was dangerously popular uh, and there you go. So we'll see. I mean, now we get, I don't even know. I, I was telling you before the show, this is a wild one. You know, this is a tough, tough little tournament to break down. Non-cut, limited data, uh, Asian swing begins. And the Asian swing is a bit different this year because it's usually the CIMB which kicks it off in Kuala Lumpur. Now that is gone. So CJ Cup enters in the new schedule. They're in Japan next week. Then there's a WGC in China and also an alternate event, which used to be the Sanderson Farms, is now just a tournament in Bermuda. So tough three-week stretch. And like you hit it off the top, there's a no-cut event. There's 78 players in the field. There's a whole bunch of Asian tour and Korean tour players right at the bottom. Uh, and there's no shot link data. For this course so it's not going to be super fun to track uh from your phone fortunately because of the time difference like you can wake up and golf will be on so you can actually just like watch it during the day uh hopefully they just give us extended coverage it was the coverage this weekend on golf golf channel was piss poor because usually at least they run like I don't know the whatever it is like noon till three and then it goes into like main network coverage but there is no network coverage for the Houston Open so they only just started showing it at like 3 p.m. I was like I, I need to see Zing Zang Zoom make seven birdies in a row here what's going on he was storming yeah I mean it's not a great obviously with NFL kind of dominating things but I do like early morning golf so that there is a plus there even though it is tilting to not know what your guys are doing because shot trackers unavailable uh, for the course, it is, for the CJ Cup, it's nine bridges on an island uh, in Korea, but it's just south of the Korean Peninsula. And the ninth bridge, as Matt Wiley always points out, points out, is metaphorical. The bridge to bring us together through golf. So that's fun, I guess, if you're into that kind of thing. Brooks is the defending champion, third year at the course. JT won the first year. Wild fluctuation between winning scores, though. Minus nine the first year in a playoff for Justin Thomas. Super windy that year. Uh, much easier a year ago. Brooks won at minus 21 by four shots over Gary Woodland. Ryan Palmer also made a charge onto Sunday. It's less than 7,200 yards. Bent grass greens. There were 37 par five eagles a year ago. Really, only the 18th is a gettable hole 
uh, four real eagle chances. The rest, like some of the bombers, can kind of get to them. Uh, there's over 100 bunkers on this course, though. Really wide fairways. Everyone basically hits the fairway. But scrambling is super important here. So when I thought about like the key stats, since we can't really look at the shot length data to tell us what was super important, you kind of have to eyeball the types of players that have done well and kind of reverse engineer from there. Since everyone hits the fairway, an emphasis should be placed on strokes gained off the tee with a lean towards more of the bombing type but just ball striking in general. I actually included scrambling into the modeling a bit this week, along with an overemphasis as opposed to a regular week on strokes gained around the green. The percentage of hitting greens in regulation is very high at this course, but if you miss the green, you need to have a short game or you're making like double bogey. That's what we've seen. And it's really, it's such a bizarre dynamic because we have two, only two years. And like you said, they are, I think you're going to have trouble merging that data. You almost have to do it separate because one was so windy and scrambling was so much more important there. And then last year, you can really take the course apart. Easy, easy fairways. That's a given kind of regardless of conditions. But after that, I do think it's somewhat situational. It is. So just ball strike, strokes gain, ball striking, par five, scoring, strokes gained around the green. Like even if you just wanted to limit it to those uh, and hope you get a hot putting week, bent grass greens. So uh, that puts guys into play like Grio and Neiman, who just seem to prefer being on bent grass. Even Byunhan An, uh, who is not good at putting on bent grass, but he is not like abysmal at putting on bent grass. Yeah, I mean Grio, there is no surface. There's no cut though. There is no cut for Grio to be cut this week. Famous last words. Uh, it makes me easy to justify some of these guys, but yeah, I think that really sums it up. You got to attack. It, it's tough when it's a non-cut because you look at like you got Brooks and JT are winning you can get into trouble starting to draw correlations between that. They're just great. So it's not, I don't think it yields to a prototype player that is them necessarily, but there's no doubt you need to take advantage of these par fives. Well, let's jump into the DraftKings pricing, uh, the above 10 K level this week, bunch of guys in a no cut event. JT, he won two years ago. He's the highest price player. 11-7. Brooks is 11-4. Hideki, 10-7. Vic Hovland, fresh off his European swing, is 10-5. Ditto for Fleetwood. He's 10-3. Morikawa is 10-1. Spieth! And even. $10,000. I doubt Spieth is going to be super popular this week, but very good scramble. Very good around the greens. Maybe it's a week to go to Spieth. Raza, what do you think? I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> hey, but I, these, these fairways are so wide, you can't miss them. Not that wide, let me tell you. Um, it doesn't really matter with him. We'll see. I, I, I will say that in a non-cut, ownership is always condensed. It would it would be wild to, for me to imagine that he's not the lowest owned up here. But at the same time, uh, I'll have to see it before I start diving right back into him. Yeah, even per the modeling, he ranks out 54th in this field yeah. uh, over the past 36 rounds. But with him, it's all about the putter. Like, if he can keep these... Like, we're on bent. He always puts well on bent. He's gained at least, he's averaging over his past four weighted events. That's the St. Jude, Wyndham, Northern Trust, and BMW, because he did not qualify for the Tour Championship. But, you know, the driving was bad. The irons were bad. The chipping was great. And he averaged almost five strokes putting per event. Ah, yeah. Just the blueprint of success. And we won't know. That'll be great, because he'll just be making, you know, it'll say shot three from the rough, shot four in the hole <laughs> on par fives, and we'll be wondering what he did. Um, but there's just so many other premier ball strikers up here. I have a tough time. Even if I don't take JT or Brooks, there's just 
plenty of reasonable options before you get to speed. Well, how do you think that roster construction is going to go this week? Because although Brooks is the defending champion, he's the best player in this field. He's coming off the miscut at the Shriners when he was probably having a bit too much fun in Vegas. But do you think that the ownership will go away from him? Because you can look to Hideki. He's a bit cheaper. He does everything that you want here. Justin Thomas coming off a great week at the Safeway. Just couldn't come through. He won two years ago. He's the betting favorite in this field. Hovland is always popular. And I don't have like a ton of interest in like Morikawa or Spieth at this particular event. Like if we just kind of sort by, like we talked about like the deficiencies that Spieth brings to the table, not to say that he can't play well and turn it around. He's Jordan Spieth, but until the ball striking comes back, I'm not comfortable really rostering him unless he's like 2% owned or something. And then it's a no cut event. You just hope he can put the lights out and pile up some of these birdies. But Morikawa has kind of let me down the past few weeks. And he's not good from around the green. So I don't expect him to hit a hundred percent of greens in regulation, which then becomes problematic. Yeah, I'm still, and he's great. I don't get me wrong. I'm just, I have a tough time paying for him where I can get 200 more dollars and go get Fleetwood, uh, especially if it's comparable ownership. I think JT is going to be clearly the most popular. You look at the recent form, he's won here. Brooks's, you know, he doesn't care narrative, I think is traveling more and more. People get frustrated in these non-majors rostering him. So that, you know, that's going to add to the intrigue. But I, just at first glance, I think that JT, Decky, and Hovland will, will take a, a lot of ownership up top. I, I think I like Fleetwood the best because of the savings. Only at 10-3, then I'm not forced to get... We'll, we'll do an entire section on, you know, the Sang-Hyung Parks and Kang-Yung Moons and Chase Kepkas of the world. But, like, mm. I don't want to have to go down that low, to tell you the truth. Like, the only one that rates out really well from down there as it pertains to this course is Johnny Vegas, and I just don't trust Johnny Vegas. So I think that there's a common, I don't want to say it's a misconception, but people are like, oh, it's a non-cut. I can just, you know, what's the worst that can happen? Well, the worst that can happen is the guy's 18 over and he gets you no placement points and you're completely dead. It's just like getting cut. You just get them for four days. So I do think that sometimes that leads to more stars and scrubs than it should in non-cut events. So got to be careful about that this week. Like, do you think that you'll take a more balanced approach or stars and scrubs? Because last week, the move was sort of like a modified balance and scrubs that like you paid up for like five good guys and one scrub or four, four guys in like the eight to 9,500 range and two guys in like the upper sixes or lower sevens. That was the move last week. As long as you just like didn't have Jason Duffner or Robbie Shelton or Zach Sucker who suckered us all in. That was... Yeah, not good. Um, I, I think that's another point to talk about. Like when, when people talk about stars and scrubs, I think a lot of people imagine, oh, you got to take like the first two guys and the last two guys. There are ways to be aggressive, you know, in like a hybrid balance type thing where you take three or four guys from that like 9K range and then you, you, you top it off with a couple of cheapies. So for me, I'll probably, my average guy, top end guy will be lower than most. I'll say that. I like Fleetwood a lot. I don't mind trying to start in the nines as well. So if Fleetwood's our favorite guy from up there, if we had to go with a second, would it be Hideki? Would it be Hovland? Or are you comfortable paying the 11-7 for Justin Thomas? So I would go to Brooks personally. Okay. Um, and that's, I mean, you know who you're talking to. I, I don't usually say that ever. Uh, I just think that this is a spot, if the ownership dictates what I, what I think it will, um, it's still, so, he's the defending champ. We know, I think people are overrating the fact that Maybe he doesn't care. And if we're going to get a significant discount discount between him and JT, uh, I'm willing to take him at, at a 
fine price for a guy like that. All right. So in the $9,000 level, would it shock you to learn my favorite play of the week is in this range? It would shock me if it's Jason Day. It's not Jason Day. Okay. Although he did. It better not be the other Aussie. It's not Leishman, is it? It's not Leishman. Okay. Uh, So so the entire 9K range, Sungjae Im is $9,700, coming off a win in Korea last week. Uh, that, I mean, it's nice that he won, but he played on the Korean tour, so good for him. Uh, Rafa Cabrera Bayo, who has two nice finishes at this tournament, 9,600. Day at 95, Woodland 94, Horschel 9,300, Leishman 92, Sergio 9,100, and Cam Smith, another guy with two really nice finishes at this tournament the first two years, $9,000. The guy who is my favorite play in this range, Ben, he won. Like a month ago, he followed it up with another top 10 at the Italian Open. He's a ball-striking master. We know the short game can work. Putts a little bit better on these fast-bent greens because he won the Masters on those greens. It looks like his game is back, Ben. Sergio. The surge, yeah. I mean, so it's a dude. They say this course is a little in elevation. Uh, we, we know that Sergio's played plenty of places in elevation. I didn't know he lived over in Switzerland or wherever that other tournament was, but that's neither here nor there. The game seems to be back. Now he's living dangerously going over there. We saw what, what happened to bio Kim. So if he goes on an outburst, could be, could be trouble for Sergio, but I have no problem with that price. I think everyone's really soured on him. We know, you know, off the tee, he's going to gain. This course should set up perfectly for his game to translate. Yeah, I'm going to bet him at 28 to 1 as well. I'm holding out for like a 30 because I'm with you. I don't think that he's going to be super popular this week. And then just everyone else gets steamed around him and it'll turn out to be fine. But he's my favorite play in the 9K range. Other than that, you could almost look to Rafa. Rafa has a third here. He has an 11th here. He comes in with a second, a miscut, and a sixth in his past three events. And he's sort of the shorter hitting, like where you can't necessarily get to all these par fives in two or at least generate capable eagle opportunities because we mentioned how hard it is to get yourself out of the rough from around the green that a lot of players will just be like unless you're brooks or jt and you have the distance to go for it feel comfortable getting it on in two guys like rafa on three of the four power fives are just going to lay up to their primo wedge range and just try to stick it so they take chipping completely out of the equation and that's really when he's at his best like get him 100 yards away from the hole he's sticking it to four feet definitely um and we've seen him you know he just played well over in Europe. So I guess this is interesting because I feel like everyone in the 9K range is going to be uh, Team Australia. And your looks like your team Spain right now. Team Spain and potentially Billy Ho. Oh, God. Well, Billy Ho has his own team. Um, t- <sighs> really? He had the feel. I mean, he went over and played the, what did he play? The Alfred Dunn? No, he played the BMW Championship uh, over the premier event over in England and ended up coming fourth at that event. Billy Ho's just a good player. And, you know, anytime you get him on bent, that's usually a good time to play him. He, I mean, I, I will say Billy Ho, for not a consistently great putter, he can get so crazy hot with the putter. Um, we've seen it time and time again, and, and it really at times is consistent. So, in a tournament like this, where especially if the wind is down and you need to go low, it's not bad to have that in your pocket. I do think the guy sandwiched Leishman and Cam Smith, just looking at the tournament history for two years, I think are both going to get over overrated in terms of ownership, uh, just based off the finishes. So a guy like Sergio, a guy like Billy Ho, who have, you know, barely any course history or any success, that could be a, a spot to buy. 
what would you think of someone like Woodland, who was second here last year, has only played once during the swing, T55 at the Shriners. Uh, the irons weren't all that good, but he was driving the ball well. He did you know, gain on approaches basically almost in every event after his U.S. Open win. No, like, spike finishes. The best was a T15 at the Tour Championship. But I, I'm kind of curious about him because I know that he's going to score on the par fives pretty easily. Leishman's really interesting, too, because he was dealing with that back injury, had to withdraw. No one used him at the following event. Then he went out and stormed the field and came fifth or came third at the Safeway and gained on approach like no one's business. So I would much prefer Leishman over someone like Cam Smith, who he gained, like, nine strokes putting his last time out it's the only reason he didn't miss his like 28th consecutive cut cam smith absolutely not um i'm not gonna go there the the interesting guy to me is what to do with jason day who i mean he killed me multiple times thank god he hasn't played yet we haven't seen him the break maybe that did him well the game was just very atypical he you know when you think around the green Normally, you think Jason Day, but that was not the case last year. So if you look uh, at the past seven years of Jason Day data, he gains typically 1.1 stroke per event around the greens. Over his past five tournaments, he lost a stroke on average per event. He was missing all these cuts. So that's like two rounds worth of data. Like he was abysmal around the greens. I don't know what happened to him. No, neither do I. It was... it was the whatever happened at the at the British Open when he just bogeyed all the holes to miss that cut. I'm still salty about that. Uh, but you know, this is a course when I, when I think about really generous fairways, uh, the ability to get hot with a putter, timely scrambling, that does scream Jason Day to me uh, in some capacity. So I I think he's the one guy I'm gonna try to buy a little early on. We haven't seen him. I don't mind doing that, even though I agree with you, though, the, the Spaniards in particular kind of kind of caught my eye in this range. Yeah, it's funny. I don't know. Despite the good course history, I feel it seems like Rafa is overpriced and he is because he's getting the course history into the pricing. But I think I'm just going to keep going. But I don't like him as much as I like Sergio. Like, no, so, like if Paul Casey was playing at this event, I'd like Paul Casey at it. <laughs> Sergio is just I love the price point. He's sandwiched between Leishman and Cam Smith. Uh, he's just kind of lost to me and and you know the little things like I said I do see I like that he plays a lot at elevation he's he's got the game uh it's starting to trend upward and people at first glance if you haven't really been paying attention you, you wouldn't really notice that he's back in form uh the other thing and I, this could be way out of left field I didn't do a ton with correlated courses I think that the Mexico course kind of in some ways is similar to this uh, which is why Fleetwood, Sergio, some guys like that kind of caught my eye. Hmm, I hadn't really considered that at all, but I guess that does make some sense playing at elevation. If I pull up W... Chipultepec or whatever it's called. WGC Mexico. Does that mean we have to go to Phil? <laughs> well, let's not get crazy. I mean, if they hide sprinklers in, in the woods in South <laughs> Korea, then maybe we will. But other than that, I, I don't think so. I do think there is something to those type of courses, though, both WGCs. Chipotle's a par 71, but there are some similarities in my mind. Uh, the other guys in the $8,000 level, it kicks off with Danny Willett, who I'm definitely going to be on. I remember when he was going through his, like, really disastrous phase that he was, like, first-round leader here two years ago, and then he shot, like, a 77 in the next round. But he's back up to 29th in the world. He won three weeks ago and followed it up with two pretty decent weeks to be perfectly honest with you uh what do you go he went first 26th 18th 
Uh, so I like Danny a lot here, and he's one of the better around the green players in the world. So 8,900 is a very fair price. After him, it's Wolf, Neiman, Na, Putnam, on Shez, Reavy, Ty Hatton, Lucas Glover, the glove, and uh, Dylan Fratelli, who was spitting hot fire on Davis Maddox podcast last week. I recommend everyone go check out the take cast and listen to hot fire Dylan talk about it. He actually reminds me of a player that would do really well here, uh, just based on the way that his game is set up. But I like Will it a lot. I like Neiman a lot. And I'm thinking about Wolf as well. Wolf, man. Uh, yeah, Will it. I'm, I'm definitely looking to guys that, not that people aren't going to notice, but people who have corrected their form over in Europe during the swing season. I don't think it's as prevalent. People haven't seen it. It's not in your face in terms of strokes gain data. You, you can get an edge there. So definitely there. Benny on is the, the wild card for me. Uh, just insane. I don't know how anybody could make an eight at Triners. That just doesn't <laughs> seem possible. Yet he did that. Missed a couple cuts now. Pretty atypical. He's usually a steady performer. But when you think about his game, he is one of the best scramblers in the world, if not the best, in terms of around the green. Now, he can't putt. I understand that. But uh, I do like that around the green, and, and he's a great ball striker. So mid-8K range. Him, maybe Hatton for me uh, in terms of potential. Yeah, Hatton actually statistically, when you just factor in his PGA data, not his Euro data, over the past 24 rounds actually models out to be ninth of all players in this field. And if we do talk about WGC Mexico and elevation, we know that he, along with Rafa and others, have actually had nice runs there. So I think I might be on Ty Hatton as well. Yeah, I, I mean, Ty Hatton is a guy, again, this is going to be a common theme for me. I certainly have looked at some of these guys who have had success in Mexico uh, and at WGCs in general. Uh, streaky putter, streaky everything with him. He's kind of a crazy dude, but I, I don't mind that. I don't think he's going to be popular either. So in a range that's pretty wide open for me, you know, he's peppered around guys, Putnam, Chez. I really don't have strong takes on, on people like that. So there's room for me to buy on him. Uh, would you go with Wolf or would you go with Neiman, do you think? Like Neiman rates out better than Wolf does, but Neiman like can't get up and down. So he has to hit almost every single green, which he can like kind of do because he's so good at ball striking. At least if Wolf misses a green, then he can actually get it up and down and make a, you know, make a par, make a birdie if, if need be. And I know that if anyone in the field besides Brooks can get to these par fives and two, it's probably Matthew Wolf. Yeah, I think for me, it would be Wolf. Um, I guess I'm trying to embrace as much variance and not that we know how good because, you know, Neiman is extremely young and it looks like he's going to be very good. But Wolf to me is even more unknown in a lot of ways. So I'm going to continue to buy at him and see what we get. You mentioned the distance. The game is a little more well-rounded. Both are going to gain off the tee, no doubt about it. But I think I'd lean to Wolf in that spot. Yeah, Wolf has actually gained on putting his past four, too. I just assumed he would be a terrible putter uh, when he launched his career, but he's been, frankly, pretty good, pretty consistent week to week to week. The approach hasn't been good the past two events that he's played in the swing season, though, where Neiman just continues to gain ball striking wise off the tee with his irons every single time out. And quick tip about Neiman, just play him on Bermuda or uh, play him on Bentgrass. Never play him on like Bermuda or Poa. <laughs> it seems to be the case. Uh Neiman's definitely got, you know, an easier uh, blueprint of what he does. Like you said, it's going to gain, or, you know, with the ball striking, he's going to lose probably with the other two. Uh, Wolf is a little more hit and miss, but I, I like that in this situation. Glover for Telly. Eh, for, I'm always a sucker for, for Telly just because 
his game, he can get hot in a lot of ways. We saw the irons explode a couple weeks ago. But at the same time, I don't know how much I'm going to need to go to a guy like that. The whole thing is, if we do fade, let's say, the top four players on the slate, make Tommy Fleetwood the most expensive guy that you take. And even if you want to drop down to Rafa as your most expensive guy at $9,600, I know we've listed a lot of people in this $8,000 range, but I think that's going to be the build that I end up on more, where I take like four or five of these guys and fill it out with someone at the bottom of the sevens, that kind of thing, instead of reaching all the way up and giving up a ton of win equity in a non-cut field probably seems like a bad idea. But in the off chance that Brooks or JT or Hideki don't win, then all of a sudden you're looking really, really good with the like core of your team. Yeah, I mean, in non-cuts, you definitely don't want to sacrifice as much. But at the same time, I do think it's worth noting most of the non-cuts we see are WGCs. So the win equity that you're sacrificing is a lot worse. Uh, this field is stronger, but it's not WGC strong. Um, so, you know, you, you can get away with it, I think, a little more. And I wouldn't be stunned to see the streak continue of, of guys in the mid-range and kind of dark horses winning these events. Well, the ownership isn't really going to play itself out for another few days. But just looking at the Fantasy National ownership projections on a Monday late afternoon as we record this show, it does seem like everyone's gravitating towards Hovland, Justin Thomas, Sungjae Im, and Neiman. They project to be the four highest owned players on the slate as of right now. That probably won't hold up. And I always like to look at it like it's funny because we I always look at it as we do this show. And it just kind of shows like initial thoughts. Anyone who's kind of into it is looking at the stats. This is who they are putting their notes beside. They haven't like made lineups or anything like that. But they're on the radar of mostly everyone this week. Yeah, it's good to get a litmus test of that. And that's not surprising, to be honest, I think. You're going to see a lot, a lot of teams start in, in that kind of with a couple of those guys and work down. And again, when people get to the bottom in, in things like this, it's a lot easier to click someone because, you know, you're getting four days uh, and that can lead to some trouble for certain builds. Uh, 7K range. This is where you're going to have to. Hey, we, I kind of feel good about the 9Ks. I feel good about the 8Ks. Now it's just. 100% up in the air for this. Poulter's played well at this event in the past. I use Connors like every week. Uh, and so as long as he doesn't you know, miss a green or miss two foot putts, he should be okay. Sabatini rebounded over in Europe with the top 10. So he's still fighting for those Olympic points to represent the great nation of Slovakia. Maybe can get himself onto the Ryder Cup team, but he rates out really well for me at $7,900. Like Perez has two top 10s here. He withdrew last week to come play in this event again. I, I, and then everyone's just going to use Grio. Like anyone who looks at stat modeling is definitely going to use him. I, I think my favorite guy, because of the price point, I don't think many will use him. I really like Joel Damon at 7,100 bucks. Ah, Lord Raiden is back. He's kind of uh, rebounded a bit. He, he had a bad stretch there after Wells Fargo, where he almost broke through. It, it was rocky. The irons went away, but he seemed to have found a little in the swing season. Shriners was by far his best gained across the board, but particularly with the ball striking. And when you step back and look at what he prototypically does, he, he fits the bill. Um, easy fairways can pepper these greens. He played here. So he has a little experience. I have no problem. I doubt he's popular. I, what do you, so you, last time I was on this show, you told me that if Luke list didn't get it in gear that you were done with him and look at promptly Luke list uh, starts to find the form for you. 
Yeah, I said that if he, at the Shriners, I said if he didn't finish inside the top 15, that I was giving up on him for life, and he came T13. Then it took an amazing Sunday for him to rally to T28 last week in Houston. He has a top 10 at this event from two years ago. Um, I worry that his around the green game has kind of gone away, and that was such a huge part of him competing every single week that if the irons were off a little bit, like the driver is almost always solid matt seems to have returned to a really elite level his driving and that was always the biggest part of his game like he's not even bleeding a ton of strokes on the greens anymore but he gained 5.3 strokes around the green at shriners he chipped in like four times but other than that it's just it's all red it's all negative and i do worry about his irons that i like him but chesson hadley seems to have figured out how to chip i watched a feature on him how he spent like just he took like six weeks off and all he did was just work on his around the green game because he hired like an analytics coach. And they were like, yeah, you know, if you could just chip, you'd win tournaments. And he's like, oh, I'd never realized that before. <laughs> but and, but it's it's actually like paid dividends so far. Like you look at Chesson Hadley through the swing season. It's kind of eerie. He's played one, two, three events. He missed the cut just due to horrible ball striking uh, at the Sanderson Farms. At the Safeway, good ball striking, gained three strokes around the green. And then 18th at the Shriners, gained ball striking, seven and a half on approach, and gained another two strokes around the green. He hadn't gained consecutive strokes around the green since the 2018 Valero Texas Open and the 2018 Wells Fargo. It is stunning to see that I guess for me with him he is one of the few guys in the field I do worry I don't weigh splits on terms of grass that much but he's a Bermuda guy um for me I worry about him a little on bent having said that my usual worry about him is that he can't chip at all so if he's found a way to plug that leak it will go a long way into uh chess and making some lineups for me uh let's get back into the 7000s for a sec so the guy's per the numbers that rate out the best one Corey Connors two Rory Sabatini three Emiliano Grio. do you have a preference of those guys Ryan Palmer is actually fourth uh, so that that was who I was going to bring up um of those three it would be Sabatini for me just he's really seems even when I thought he lost it like you said he's kind of re- refound it once again but Ryan Palmer's a guy depending on the conditions but I, I think in certain aspects we know how hot he can get with the irons not a great putter, but he does his thing here and there. He's got some pedigree, certainly knows how to compete. Uh, the other course that, again, I, I think it's pretty loosely, but I, I, you know, Honda is something that I took some aspects from. He's second. He was a runner up there. Luke List has also had success there. Uh, so I've looked at that just a bit from the Florida swing. I, I think you can go to guys like that pending that some of the conditions cooperate. Uh, yeah, I, is that something to consider this week when approaching your lineups? Like, I have the wind finder out for it right now. It looks like it's going to be pretty windy on Thursday and Friday, but who knows at this point? Oh. Like, would you think of a lineup lock for this event is like 11 p.m. at night or something wonky about that? I'll put it in my article when I actually find out what the actual lock time is, but it's like overnight. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be like primetime golf from Korea. But would you consider, like, Sabatini has so much more appeal to me if this course plays hard than if it plays easy. Oh, 100%. You know, a lot of times we talk about tee time stacks and that's important, you know, in full field events. I I definitely plan to build lineups where I say, okay, this is going to resemble, you, you know, what we saw two years ago and build more scrambling heavy, grind it out, minus 11 target winner. And then I will build other teams where I say, all right, it's going to resemble the year that Brooks won, just 
massively under par. Guys are going to be going for every pin, no win to speak of and build like that because certain guys fit certain builds. Yeah, so we can do the tea time stack, we can do the skill correlation stack, but maybe if you think it plays easy, you pick these guys. If you think it plays hard, you pick these guys. Maybe Definitely. you just split up your teams that way. I'm looking back at WGC Mexico right now from last year. Uh, Kiradesh actually came third there. He's in the field this week. He likes, he certainly likes uh, Mexico. I believe he had another good finish there. This is right in his wheelhouse in terms of, you know, he's, he's a tie guy. His form, you know, at the end of last year, he was all over the place. Um, and he's a pretty strong Bermuda putter. That's that's where he makes his his hay. But there's some things to like about him. You know, he's he's the kind best, of a hard he's the best player in the field over the past twenty four rounds around the greens, and he's the best in scrambling. But that's not gonna help you win. But he's only what, sixty five hundred bucks? He's pretty far down there. Um and now we get into guys you're you're just looking for them to grab some placement points, make some streaks, score, score, depending on how hard it is. So I, I looked at him. Um, oh, do you, do you have any interest in Perez or Ryan Moore or anything like that? Eh. Ryan Moore, I, I, honestly, if I had to take a, a flyer, I think I'd just go straight European. I'd just pick Poulter, um, who was another guy. I know I'm a broken record. Sorry. Uh, he, he played well in Mexico and, and just his game. He can get hot around the green, certainly. I think I'm more comfortable with him or even CH3 over those two guys. I'm not really there on Ryan Moore uh, or Perez, despite some of the stuff you could look to. Uh, Man, it gets ugly pretty fast. After you get to my boy Jazz, that's where uh, it starts to fall off a cliff. Are you going to use Jazz or potentially like Harold Varner down at that price? I think I'm actually with you that... Tommen's interesting to me. I think he's going to be one of the lower owned in the range. I like his ball striking. Varner's a little tricky for me to figure out. You know, he's starting to be a little more consistent. He had a string of top twenties in the swing season. Then at Shriners, he's pretty uneventful. Uh, but he can—he's going to gain off the tee, no doubt about it. He could set up pretty well here as well. The guy who I have is the lowest ownership in the seven thousand dollar area. Fits the build. Of someone who, if conditions get super windy, you're probably going to want him, and it's Graham McDowell. I didn't even I'm, – I'm literally looking at the thing, and I didn't know he was in here. Um, God, where's he been? Oh, he's 15th at Italy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he fits – I mean, we just spoke about this. If you're building stacks, he, he's certainly – you're hoping for hurricane conditions because that, that is not a guy who's bred to, to go out there and really go crazy low but he can grind it out with the best of them. Yeah. You might as well just, if the conditions look bad, just go play like the old British team. Yeah, definitely. And brand well in theory that Brandon grace would fit something like that, but he's just bad now. Yeah. That's really strange. Do you think he's one of those guys that we're going to look in like may and all of a sudden he's like piled up like six top tens again, yet no one uses him. Pro- probably because, uh, I, I don't know what happened to him. I mean, I say this every time. South Africa, man. It's just r- rough times because Charles just gone. Um, I, I, you see his name. You know, he's next to guys, Sun Kang, Adam Long, C.T. Pan. And it used to stick out, but now it's not even something I can really consider. Because this is a no-cut event, and we talked about Mexico, I'm not – if everyone's going to – like, everyone's going to use Grio. So if Grio's soaking up all the ownership in that one spot, I don't hate Phil. Uh, so the thing, 
the, the I guess what I guess you could say this. I, I didn't make this point about Spieth, but I guess I will with Phil. These truly are, even under any conditions, some of the easiest fairways to hit. Um, and if we can just get Phil on the fairway and not off the course, the rest of the game can hold up a bit. Now, the irons need to get back to being better. He used to have problems off the tee, and he would make miraculous recoveries. Lately, he's just been bad all around. Uh, at Shriners, that was the first time he really showed any sign of ball striking, and then, ironically, he lost it all putting. So I guess you could look to him if you think that maybe it mitigates some of his extreme problems off the tee. Yeah, I, I just in a I know he still piles up birdies and bunches that in a no cut event, even if you get like a T, if you get like a T13 at a fill this week, oh, he'll geez. he'll actually I mean, just the placement points, that would be great for how much he costs and the ownership that he'll come in with. But if he comes T13, he'll probably go like fifth in DraftKings scoring. I think the only question you have to ask about Phil at this point, I think it's worth asking, is he done? Like if you think that he has another even minor run in him at any point, these are the type of spots you should look to him. If you think that we're really not going to see him competing at all anymore, then it's a tough sell no matter what the circumstance is. Yeah, I'll have to make a decision on that. Just maybe low exposure to Phil. If I play 20 lineups, maybe two lineups with Phil, that might you work. probably get over with 10%. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, 6K range. The numbers like the, and they don't love them, but they like these guys in order. Brian Stewart, number one, Adam Long, Vaughn Taylor, Johnny Vegas. Okay. But none uh, of those guys are Siwoo Kim, who you should probably use. Yeah, uh, Siwoo. See, interesting, Brian Stewart. Huh. Yeah. I mean, that's someone, certainly during the swing season, he's been he's been really trending upwards, had some really good finishes. So he's, but- after missing the cut at the Greenbrier, he gained 6.4 strokes on approach at Sanderson Farms, then 5.9 at the Shriners. So he's gone... 28th, 17th, 4th. Now, these fields suck that he's playing against, but he is immaculate around the greens. And if the irons are going to cooperate a little bit, he's not long. But again, he's one of these guys on these like longer par fives that he can just hit his wedge to close, and you hope it's a good week putting. Now, he generally putts well on Bermuda and does not pump well on bent. But, yeah, you know, sometimes you got to roll with these cheapos. Well, yeah, you're not going to find everything that you you like here the guy who caught my eye not going to be popular was kevin tway um and it's someone who i don't know for whatever reason the off the tee game has really been lacking uh recently and again if he can mitigate that the rest of the game has been pretty solid actually and it's a guy you know we've seen him handle some different type of courses got a win at safeway uh last year and I think he makes for a sneaky guy pending that he can keep it together with these generous fairways. Uh, do you like Adam Long at all? Um, He's kind of interesting. I mean, he's someone, you know, I'm trying to separate. I guess that's a question I can kind of pass right back to you. How much are you trying to factor in what we've seen in September? Because like Adam Long, you look at where his game is at. He played great at Greenbrier, Sanderson Farms, and Safeway. Do you think that carries much weight as opposed to some of these other guys? I don't know. Uh, like Justin Thomas obviously won this event two years ago. Had never played the course before, but he had played the week before in Kuala Lumpur and then just quickly came over and won there. And we've seen actually kind of a correlation. All the guys are kind of – it's – it's been the guys that like took the week off. And this is going to be like the one thing we haven't talked about is that there's a lot of guys in this field who like played last week somewhere else in the world that 
normally like if the guys are playing week after week and playing the cj cup they played in malaysia and it's not the biggest time difference you're already over in that area of the world but like the guys coming from houston like that's got to be a disadvantage isn't it it's definitely not good um and there are a lot of guys that have been playing and i get it um you know it's a time to kind of rack up some points there are a handful of guys who've played either three or four or five weeks uh, you know, maybe with only one week off. In Luke List's case, he's played four straight weeks. Um, this is his fifth. Johnny Vegas has played three straight weeks. That's pretty dicey. Um, how much it affects them, I, I don't know. But like you said, this isn't your normal uh, pack your bags and go. This is a long, long flight in an atypical situation. Yeah, and most people didn't play last week at the very top of the board. But I'd be kind of looking at that a little bit. I mean, that this is just pure... Pure narrative. It's a hypothesis. The guys are just, I mean, they're also the bad players. So the, even if it does work out, that might not even be the correlation that we're looking for. But like M played in Korea last week. So that's probably a wash since he's already over there. Willett, Hatton, Poulter, Sabatini, McDowell all played in the Italian Open. Then you have like Luke List, Matt Jones, who withdrew last week with a back problem, yet he's playing this week. Vegas. And that's it, actually, of the guys that played last week in Houston. That's, that's strange. Yeah, and Perez was in Houston, but withdrew just to come over and play this event. Yeah, I, I mean, this range, you're not going to find a, a ton. It's really, for me, just finding guys that mix and match, whether I take aggressive. You know, we got Johnny Vegas was interesting. I looked at Troy Merritt, who's someone that at times has shown flashes. Now, his off-the-tee game is another one. It's It's lacking there's no doubt about it but if you want to say i'm going to build a team that's pretty weak off the tee hope my guys get away with it and then i'll build some other teams where you know they're not driving specialists but guys that are pretty solid uh get aggressive with these generous fairways yeah worst case scenario i think that if you're just looking for someone maybe vegas ends up becoming the play like if all these guys are down here the one thing you should be looking for is probably driving and par five scoring so do you take the YOLO shot with JB Holmes because JB Holmes wins just out of nowhere. Uh, and then he misses cuts literally for like six to eight months. And then he'll just win uh, once again. What has he even been up to? He hasn't, huh. he hasn't played in ages. Has he, he played Greenbrier, I guess. That oh, guy man. from uh, the abyss. I, I don't know what he's up to that. That's a tough look playing JB, but this is, this is the sort of event he would win. He came 23rd here last year. Of course, because JB, I'm, it's just, out of control with that guy no form necessary I, I have really no interest in him i'll be honest but if for some reason johnny vegas is chalk relative to this range i will gladly take like if it's like one tenth the ownership on a guy like jb holmes because he he is someone that can go boom bust anytime he tees it up i feel like max hama is very much in that mix as well just someone who just bombs it off the tee and maybe he can get hot his price actually, I mean, it's natural that we caught my eye because I don't know anyone else that he's surrounded there besides Danny Lee. Uh, hey, KJ Choi, I lied. Uh, didn't know he was here, but he, he's someone that if you're in a big jam, you're going to have to look to him. Or if you are you planning on taking any of these creative players? Uh, we'll get to them in a second. I had one more guy who's been really good at scrambling and has shown great touch around the green as of late. It's Adam Shank. Yeah, he's a pretty cool. I thought you were going to say Wyndham Clark, to be honest. No, he's been bad. <laughs> yeah, he has. Uh, he has a weird game, which is always difficult. But Shank, you know, he gains he gained consistently at Shriners. 
kind of hit and miss in terms of stringing together a bunch of cuts, but I actually like that. Um, you know, I think it, it depresses his ownership and, and people don't see a run of good form, you know, to bring it back to a guy like Lanto, it would have worked wonders if he would have just missed one cut in there. I think it would have totally negated, but when you see a guy making top twenties, like he was the ownership masses really quickly. Yeah, he has five starts on the PGA Tour this season. He has five top 20s and now a win. Uh, and, and he had rolled that through through the Corn Ferry playoffs as well. And like we thought it was all going to be putting and then the ball striking came around and boom, he ends up winning. All right, so let's talk about a few of these creative player guys. So which one has the most interest from you? We'll start at the bottom at $6,000. We have Yang Hunbei, Kyun mm. Jun Lee, Won Jun Lee, Michael Kim. <laughs> not him sorry michael kim t he lee <laughs> i like that name though john <laughs> woo ham kyung kyung jun moon sang hyun park aj joy chase kapka kai <laughs> kyun chang su min lee kh lee i didn't even realize he was here uh jung gong huang and that's it those are the guys uh Ooh, Jung Hung Wang has a pitcher on DraftKings. He must is, be good. He must be good. That is not what I thought. I was clicking around. I clicked on the ham guy. He didn't have one. So this, let's let's go to the videotape. Jung Hung Wang, 6,300. Uh, so I assume all these guys are playing on the Japanese tour. Or the Korean. Um, I believe they play on the Korean tour. The Korean tour. So so here, here are some facts I have about some of these guys. I, I Please. Don't know, what they, don't know what they look like. Don't know who they are, but here are just some numbers behind it. Uh, we have Su Min Lee in his past three starts has a ninth, a win, and a seventh. It's not bad, right? He's played a little in Europe as I'm looking at the box score here. Um, okay. that That's basically it. Uh, well, that's more than I I'm Like I said, uh, <laughs> Jung Hong Wang, I'm staring at his picture. He looks like an interesting fella uh Yu Chang also some of these guys play during the like bad Euro tournaments and not yeah. that you can get anything S- from that. Su Min Lee played in the Czech Masters in the Scandinavian Invitational recently. Uh and he had a miscut and a DQ. Ooh, times are tough. Tough um, tough look. <laughs> I wish Biokim was here. Where's Su Min Lee? I need that guy. Who's that? Wait, no, don't no. Min Woo Lee is that the guy? I I think that's a pro- what happened to Sung Yeol No. You remember I, him? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's doing his military service. I I thought he was, but I thought it was over. No, that I was he- that was Sang Moon Bay. Okay, uh, yeah, I've been I see Sang Moon Bay has been playing and just he's had some issues. Um, I I really don't. I guess what it's tough because when you look at these guys. I guess if, if you are going to try to take one, you're going to look at, and some of them will be beating up on inferior competition over on the Asian swing. I don't know if I'd rather have that, or I'd rather have someone who's played a little more in Europe and not held their own. Uh, it, it's a tough kind of thing to measure, you know, the talent over there. Like, would you play any of these guys over Max Homa? No, no, no. I would rather play Max Homa, Danny Lee, I mean, God, KH Lee, I don't, he was a guy that if you would have, if you would have told me he broke through and like won an early season event <laughs> six months ago, I wouldn't have been shocked. And he has just been terrible. So I'm trying, um, 
Young yeah. Lee. Where is this guy? Is this guy like you know, an, it, is this guy like an amateur? Who? I'm trying to find uh, where is he here? He was the guy who has like a decent like world golf rating. Uh, Gung Gong Huang. Gung Gong Huang. You're pulling guys. It's amazing. There's only 75 people, and yet I can't find some of these fellows. Uh, He's world number 160. Okay. He's probably ahead of a lot of people that we would know. Uh, Yes, that that is true. but that's a it's a fluid situation, you know, like Yuta Akita, remember him? Yeah. Uh, and then like where is he? You know, these guys they pop up and then they get into some WGCs and some other events, and then you never see it materialize. And sometimes they're Tani Hara and you use them and he comes like third. You're like, oh, sweet, or Kadaira. Yeah. I mean, Tani Hara is the original match play goat. Uh I love that guy. And, but- and, and, and Tani Hara is my personal hero. Yeah, well, he smokes a carton a day, so it's uh, he's a baller, no doubt about it. I just don't know unless you take a. I, I guess this is a better question. Would you rather play one of these guys or Chase? Probably one of these guys. Yeah, I think so. He's behind everybody. Um, so, so th- this uh, this other guy, Sang Hyung Park, he's a hundred and eleventh in the world rankings. So that's see, that's what I was kind of referencing before. Would you rather have a guy like him because that is a name. I, you know, I'm clicking on it, truth be told, but he's played in some Euro events, uh, some pretty decent ones. Over, hey, over, he was T16 this year at the British Open. And that, um, I think you, to me, I would rather go with a guy that's had even limited success in Europe, even if it's, you know, one of four made cuts, it looks like, over someone that has no pedigree outside of playing in, in a lesser tour like the Korean tour. Yeah, this guy usually plays on the Japanese tour or the Asian tour. Uh, he, has, he had a win in Japan like six weeks ago. So maybe he played this event last year too and was trash. But oh, Wee ma- Kim is down there. He's another one who... Wee Kim is just to, terrible. He used to shoot like 62 and then he would shoot. <laughs> I'm looking at his... You're, you were uh, being nice. He has just completely lost it. So Sang Hyun Park is going to be my Asian creator player for this event. Okay. I might have, to bet him, may, might have to bet him top 20. And I'm going Jung Boon Huang. All right. Boom. Put glad, it on the board. I'm glad we settled on that. Yeah, that's obviously what the people came to this show for. Yeah, it'd be better if we had Feinberg here and he was trying to read these names. We that would have been certainly an asset in this situation. We may have to take a break on the uh, on the football show and I'll just print out these names and get him to read. Please them do. Again. Yeah, I'm going to need to listen to that because uh, it's an adventure. And, and and like I say this every time, can one of these guys play well? Yeah, of course. But it's very difficult to pick the right one. Um, yeah. And it, a lot of times it's unnecessary to be taking shots on all these guys. Yeah, I don't even know if I'm going to use this park guy in my lineup. I might just, like I said, bet him top 20 for for some kicks but like yeah shank is probably the lowest i'll go yeah i i think for me where where is shank 64 yeah that's that's the range where i mean that's the final drop off you have vegas there you have shank right right above him you have effie barnrat charlie hoffman just no okay Uh, here's an interesting question for you because this guy's gonna carry zero ownership uh andy andy was in houston last week but Matt Jones actually rates out really well for this course, but he has two WDs in his past, like, four starts. 
So I guess the question, and I certainly don't have an answer. Do you think that Matt Jones withdrew because of, you know, there was some delays in there and if he was not playing well and he said, you know what, screw it, let me get over, you know, he knew where his schedule was because in between those withdrawals, he actually looked pretty good. Yeah. So I don't know. I have no idea, but I know that people won't use him because you can't have the withdraw guy. I mean, that's one case against Jason Day here, too, that if you have the withdraw guy in a non-cut event, uh, you just basically just lit your money on fire. But I think so few people use Matt Jones that, again, if you wanted to allocate like three of 20 lineups, two of 20 lineups to use them, it's probably not the worst idea. No, I, I think that's a sharp call, actually, because it, it's a it's a risky move because, yeah, the withdraw, you're completely cooked. But at the same time, from a $6,500 guy, you're going to roll the dice a little more. So now, if they, isn't Days, not to change the subject, but isn't his skin game coming on soon? Isn't that coming up with Tiger and him and... And Rory, that's next week. That's right yeah. after this tournament. That's like Monday, Tuesday in Japan. And then Tiger's, actually, Tiger's actually playing next week in Japan. Oh, with the Zoizo? Yeah, this, I, I know, do you know anything about this course? No, literally zero. How do you I know it's called Zoizo. How do you spell that? Z-O-Z-O, I think. Z-O-Z-O, Zoizo clothing. get a virus, I spelled it wrong, sorry. Field. Like, let's see here. Japanese tour. Prize, $10 million prize pool? That's pretty Oh, yeah, they get dangerous. I mean... Did you see the video of the Skins game? It looked like a, a late night Cinemax preview. <laughs> it looked intense. Like, I really don't know what they have going on with these four, but definitely some shady business going on. Yeah, I, is this a no cut event next week? Yeah, it is. So listen to this field next week. Here are oh, some guys. Here are some guys that are playing in Japan next week. Uh, Rafa, Cantley, Casey, Day, Finau, Fitzpatrick, Fleetwood, Sergio. Hadwin for some reason, although he's not here. Hovland, Im, Rio Ishikawa. Oh, here we go. Kevin Kisner. Cowboy hat guy, right? Yeah. Kevin Kisner, Jason Kokrak, Leishman, Shane Lowry, Rory, Hideki, McDowell, Morikawa, Na, Louie, Neiman, Perez, Poulter, Reed, Reevy, Putnam, Xander, Adam Scott, Spieth, Justin Thomas, Bubba Watson, Wolf, Woodland, and Tiger. Yeah, that's like a WGC field. That's absolutely stacked. Um, and Danny Willett is an alternate somehow. <laughs> yeah, I, don't ask me how these fields are formed because I have, I have literally no idea. But that's going to be interesting. I mean, not to get ahead of ourselves. The guys who aren't, it's shocking to, if you're playing that, to not be here. That is a terrible move. Um, I, can, you, I, I get it if you're a Tiger. Oh, yeah, if you're a Tiger, of course, if you're one of those guys. But some of these other dudes, just get over here and play the full swing. Zozo Championship. All right, so bets for the week. We'll do a T20 on Park. I think that Done. was the one. I think that was the guy that I said. Was that the guy's name? Yeah, Sang Hyun Park. It's my guy right there. So we'll go to him. Uh, and I'm going to bet Sergio to win. <laughs> at, okay. 20, at 28 or 30 to 1, whatever I find. And Matthias Schwab in Europe. You like Schwab in Europe? Have you seen what he's been doing? It's it's coming, I promise you. That guy is they're, unstoppable. They're playing at uh, the Ryder Cup course, aren't they? Yeah. Treeline, it's right in his wheelhouse. He's 16 to 1. That's disturbing. I 
immediately regret everything I just said. Who was he playing against? Uh, 16 to one. Are you kidding me? What would you think his odds were going to be? I don't know. I, it's so sick that he never won. I was betting him not that long ago when he was, you know, 75 to one, hundred to one, 50 to one. Uh, I know he's playing fantastic, but you gotta be kidding me. 16 to one. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll part. We'll, that'll be the thing. So that'll be the, the, the official double of the show. We'll play an each way double on Schwab and Sergio. We'll get the odds on that in a second. Over in France, it's Noren's the favorite at 10 to 1. EVR, Loughton, Schwab, Peters, Jordan Smith, Kleinholt, Ross Fisher, Sam Horsfield. Where's Victor Perez? Is he around? Uh, yeah, he is 40 to 1. It's like the home homeboys. Uh, hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. Schwab is just playing fantastic, and it's going to happen soon. Where's but. the Michel Lorenzo Vera? Where's that guy at? He's not playing. That seems strange that he's not playing. CJ yeah. Cup. So Sergio plus Schwab pays almost 500 to one. Good. So let's do that. $10 each way. So the, so the outright bet pays $4,902 on the $10 bet. And the each way would pay 400 if they both come inside the top five. I like it. I'm I'm definitely tailing that after this show, no doubt about it. Sixteen to one. That's no. That's too much respect. I'm a big Schwab guy, but come on, now let's not get crazy. All right, Ben Raza, what you got going on over at Osimo.com? We got a lot going on actually. We got golf, obviously, with the swing season. NFL shows every single day with me and people a lot smarter than me, which is what people really want to see with Alex himself. And the whole team and then NBA coming up in a couple of weeks. So if you want to sign up, promo code JazzRez. We have all different types from weekly to monthly to annually. So uh, we'd love for you to get in and try it out. If you had to guess who has the worst odds, the longest odds of anyone in the CJ Cup, who would you think it is? It's a thousand to one. Who is that player? Uh, I'm going to say that it is Michael Kim. It is Michael Kim. Yeah. Michael Kim it's not they should do a 30 for 30 just on how he won that tournament that is the most outrageous outlier ever that he won not even did he win he won by like that was the best performance of the year last year it it was two years ago now but yeah it was it was like strokes gained wise it was the most dominant performance (laughs) of anyone all year it's insane because he just I mean, he is really struggling. So well, it, it, it's it's funny because that week I was at the John Deere. He beat the piss out of Molinari. Then Molinari won the British Open the next week. <laughs> yeah, that was an ungodly. Yeah, twenty. I, I have it right here. Twenty-seven under. My dear God. Um. Yeah, I I don't think that I'm gonna have uh, the thousand to one Michael Kim ticket this week. Probably for the best. When probably you, uh, for the best. Pro- probably save yourself the 10 bucks. But anyway, I'm Pat Mayo. You can follow me at the PME, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and become a member at fantasynational.com today. Members won close to 100K last week, and there's not that much There's not that much money out there during the swing season. Basically, members won all of it and viewers of the show. So shout out to all of you out there. Hope you can do it again this week. Smash the like button on your way out. Leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section. Tell me who your fa- last guy is. Who's your last man in? Uh, favorite last guy in on your team, the cheapest player that you would use this week in your lineups. Uh, my cheat sheet will be out on Tuesday on DraftKingsPlaybook.com, so go check that out. And I'll tweet out my bets on Wednesday. But frankly, I don't think I'm going to have many bets this week. Like I said, Sergio, that double, 
in that top 20, maybe a top 20 on Damon. I'll see what those odds end up being, but it's probably about it for me. Nice to just kind of scale back a little. We coming off a good week. Uh, anyway, I'm Pat Mayo. Thank you all for watching. I'll see you next time. Experience. Experience.